Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, producer Al here. It's time for another TSFP Presents re-release, and it's time for the final episode of Cult Heroes, originally released for patrons at patreon.com forward slash TSFP back in 2019. Now, this was a very special episode for Sid in particular, as he bored us to tears. No, let me rephrase that. He enthralled us with his tales of some of his personal favourite Real Oviedo players, and it starts with a contribution from one of them. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Diego Cerbero, Coach Hero, and you are listening to TSFP. You are indeed listening to TSFP. Listeners, dear patrons, welcome along to the final episode of TSFP Presents Cult Heroes. You heard a cult hero there. What an intro. What an intro. Best ever TSFP intro. Yes. Uh, we've spoken about some great players and some great characters uh, along this series. We thought the final episode should be dedicated to Sid, <laughs> to Ray Loviedo, and to your personal cult It's heroes. our most personal, most intimate episode yeah. ever. It was a little bit of a spoiler, that message, wasn't it? It does tell us who the, the cult hero is. Yes, because you've never mentioned Diego Cervera. No, no one would have ever guessed that. It's yes. not like you followed him around Spain from club to club, <laughs> becoming obsessed with them and then discarding them when Doc leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. True. Anyway, so we'll get to uh, uh, Diego Cervera and why he is a huge Real Oviedo cult hero, not just for Sydney, for others. Yeah, it's worth well. pointing out, this is not... Just me. You've just taken it to another level. I yes. mean, it's mainly you, but there are other people. It's mainly yes. me, yes. Yes, he, he does mean a lot for quite a lot of uh, Real Oviedo fans, and you're going to explain why. But there are other Real Oviedo cult heroes that we want to talk about as well. You've compiled well, sort of a, a small list of people that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously, look, we could have talked about Santi, and we could have talked about Juan Mata as, as really important figures for Oviedo, but I think we kind of got to leave them heroes. out. We love both of them, and they're both wonderful, but they're not really cult heroes. The Santi one, will be a cult hero when he comes back and plays his final season. When he does that, it's going to be... Off the scale. Just incredible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll have to go and live in Oviedo for the year. <laughs> oh, it would be absolutely wonderful. There's no way I'm coming back here. I'll stay in Oviedo for the entire time. And and there's, there's, a, there's a handful of others that I thought maybe we could go through. I mean... Manu Busto, for example. I mean, those who don't know about Manu Busto... And nobody knows. Nobody knows about nobody Manu, knows about Manu Busto was... I, in the days when Oviedo were playing in Segunda Bay, and of course everyone just hoofed the ball long, Manu Busto was your kind of... your sort of shirt-out, 
technical, take people on, drop the shoulder, go around people, incredibly talented, um, but maybe a tiny bit lazy. He's still playing, by the way. He's 39. He's playing Did for you say Navar. maybe a tiny bit lazy? Yeah. He, well, <laughs> put it this way. Manu Busto, nickname Vagobusto. Right. Because he was a little bit lazy. But he had the talent that no one else had. He went to Greece, Phil, to play for... A lot Le- of people do. Leva Diakos. Yes. In the second division. Is he Greece. a cult hero yes. there? Is he a cult hero there? I wonder if he is. I mean, but since he- I'd like to know, who was your first... Oviedo cult hero when you became right. an Oviedo fan mm. who was your guy well, maybe the, that's a good place to start I mean, let, let's start with the first one I think I think you're right that is a good place to start and in a way this isn't really a, a cult hero because as we've often said the kind of the cult thing takes it beyond just the playing this was just basically the best player I've ever seen play for Oviedo and the best player any of us had seen play for Oviedo and that is of course Petr Dubovsky right. and Dubovsky in the year that I lived in Oviedo which was 96-97 was just so much better than everyone else. Mm. Um, so to, to fill in a bit of backstory, he had been at Real Madrid before yes, Oviedo, right? And he'd been bought as being uh, a really potentially top young prospect. He was at Madrid the year they won the league. There's a photo of him and Raul holding the, the league trophy on the, on the pitch, I think. You know what? I didn't know this at the time. Mm. And I didn't even properly join the dots when I went to Oviedo in 96. But he played in the first game I ever saw in Spain, which was Real Madrid against Real Zaragoza in 1995, and scored as well. Scored an absolutely brilliant goal. I remember goal really clearly. I remember it being a goal scored by someone with a kind of East European name, but not really who. I didn't even, as I say, join the dots when I went to Oviedo in 96. But there he was, Peter Dubovsky in 96 in Oviedo. Floaty, long hair, incredibly talented, got injured far too much, mm. but without doubt the best player in that team by a very long way. Oviedo were in... Uh, and they were a good team as well, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, Paolo Bento played for them, Victor Anopko played for them, uh, Thomas Christensen, Oli, who was probably the outstanding player in that season in terms of the number of goals he got, but things happened later with Oli, which meant that Oviedo fans don't see him as a hero anymore. Admittedly, at that point, I That's did. a story for another time. Well, he was one of those the players. He was one of those players as captain who led the players in making formal um, denuncia. What do you call that? Formal complaint hmm. against Oviedo for non-payment of salary. And actually, by the way, they were completely right to do so. But that led to Oviedo's administrative, administrative relegation. And so there's a sense along among a lot of Oviedo fans that Oli was part of the reason that Oviedo very nearly went out of business. Tell us more about Dubrovsky. Well, I mean, the thing to tell you about Dubosky really is that you just watch him and he was, he was so elegant, he was so skillful, he scored goals but not a huge amount of them, but the team played well when he played, the team mm. had creativity when he played, that was an Oviedo team, as I said, that had an Opco and Paolo Bento, so it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't an absence of good players, um, and the manager was Juan Melillo. There was also one other cult hero, which we'll come on to in a minute. But Dubosky was by far and away the best of them. And Dubosky was still at Real Oviedo in 2000 when he died. He was still a Real Oviedo player. Although, of course, it happened in the summer when he was on holiday. And no one really knows if he would have continued or not the following season. So he was already a cult hero. His tragic death so young, I guess... Of course it does. We, we, we talked in... about this a little bit, sorry, didn't we? Sorry, sorry, how did he die? So, well, this is the extraordinary thing. He was on holiday in Thailand, uh, on, a, on a Thai island. The island of Koh Samui. Thank you. Oh, a lot of okay. listeners, it's, like, it's probably the most famous Thai island for a lot of Oh, is it? I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that, but so that's where he was. Well know it. Right, see, I know it because that's where he died, but I must confess I, I couldn't remember the name. And he was visiting some waterfalls and, and um, essentially tried to get a little closer to take a picture and fell. 
and killed himself and hit his head, lost a lot of blood before they could get to him because they couldn't get down to him as quickly it's, as, it's they, a, as they wanted remote, to. remote location in the jungle. And so by the time him. they got him to hospital, he lost too much blood and, and he passed away while still a Real Oviedo player. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, it, I mean, it's just, just completely awful. And, and Oviedo um, were, were already obviously not the team they had been before, mm. but, but they then went down the subsequent season. And I think in part... There was that sort of slight connection between the two things, at least emotionally, for some mm. of the fans. This idea that that those kind of two expressions of bad luck kind of came together, and who knows what would have happened if he carried on. But but yeah, so a very tragic end to a to a genuinely brilliant player. I was there, by the way, when Spain played against Slovakia in Oviedo Stadium about five years ago now, I think, and loads of fans from both sets of fans, obviously, mm. wearing Dubovsky shirts. Mm. Nice touch. Which I, I have one as well, which I took with me, of course. Who else, Sydney? Right, well, from that team, yep. I mean, I don't want to go on for too long about this guy, but, um, todos queremos que marque un gol a vos, Xavier. This was the, 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 the kind of chant from the fans. Was, it's from a very famous song called Ay Mama Ines. And it was, we all want Abel Xavier to score a goal. Abel Xavier was the right back in that team. I've got to say, I of course, a lot of us are familiar with Abel Xavier, but I didn't know that he had played for Oviedo. I remember him from Everton, from Liverpool... From those days, yeah. Well, he was that. at Oviedo, and obviously uh, he's famous now, I suppose, for the for the yellow beard, and look. the yellow beard, beard and hair. But in Oviedo, he had very long black hair. He was kind of wild and, and and sort of crazy, and he would bum up and down the wing. And every time he went up the wing, people would start chanting, "Ay, Mamarines, we want a goal from Abel Xavier." And he never scored one. He never scored any at Oviedo. He never scored any at Everton. He never scored any in Galatasaray. He never scored any at Rome. Never scored any at Hanover. He did score two for Liverpool. And he did score one for Middlesbrough, but for Oviedo he didn't. But the thing that makes him a cult hero, because we haven't got time to go through all of these players and a lot of them, picture the scene. I am in the end at the Carlos Tartiere, watching the game. Behind us the fans are chanting. You turn round and there, with a scarf on his wrist, waving it round and round and round, with the megaphone given to him by the ultras, Crapping on the prostitute mother of the referee, <laughs> having a go at the other team, is Abel Xavier. He is a guy who is a hero, more for what he was off the pitch than on it. There's some great stories told by um, youth teamers at Real Oviedo. Abel Xavier was 24 at the time. Mm. He was on his own. He lived in the middle of Oviedo. He would go to Rekishon, the training ground at Real Oviedo, and go and watch the youth teamers and hang around. He would literally go into the youth team dressing room and jump up and down and sing with them and hand out his shirts to the youth teamers. And one youth teamer, um, who's now a journalist, which is why I know him, I guess, said that he, he turned up one day at the training ground in this incredibly smart sports car and basically went to the Alavines and two by two gave him a ride in the sports car. Oh, wow. Alavines are like under 11, under 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in groups of two, come on, lads, jump in <laughs> and took him for a, a spin in the sports car. He's a proper cult hero then for, for being a massive character. Also now called Faisal because he converted to Islam. So he's no longer oh. called Abel Xavier. So Faisal, yes. you're a cult hero. Um, who is Linares and what is a Muñeca Negra? Muñeca Negra. Miguel Linares, I mean, in a way, maybe this shouldn't count as a cult hero. Maybe this should just count as bloody brilliant. Li- okay. Linares is brilliant. The year that Real Oviedo came up from the second division B into the second division, Miguel Linares scored 31 goals. That's pretty good. 31 goals. There was a lovely headline. I'm going to read this headline to you. I've written it down somewhere if I can find it. Here we go. Headline in 2014 in sport. Now, admittedly, sport has an agenda of its own. It says... Miguel Linares overshadows Cristiano Ronaldo. Because at that stage in November 2014, he was the top scorer in Spain in all four divisions. No matter what level you're in, he was a top scorer in Spain. At the end of the season, he wasn't. 
but he did score 31 that season. And, as he says very proudly, the last ball he ever touched as a Real Oviedo player went in the back of the net. He's another player that you sort of have followed around. Yes, absolutely. He's still pl- I think he's still playing now. He's at Zaragoza, isn't he's he? He's at Zaragoza he's now. He's 37, I think, he's which for a striker, he's you know, not, not many strikers are still playing at a good level at that age. And he worked incredibly hard. He's very dynamic. Um, and to take you to Muñequeda Negra, Muñequeda Negra, of course, means black armband. He mm. wore this black armband, which I've got one of. We'll put a, take a picture of it and we'll put it up on the Twitter feed. I'm surprised you don't and, wear and it. And it's got his name on it. I do wear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got his name on it. And uh, it was in, in honour of his father. So after every goal, he would lift his hand with the, with the black armband. So, of course, that made for a cult thing because people would kind of treat this, you know, one armband to dominate them all. And that was Linares. Well, I've, I mean, you are frequently very animated when we talk about Spanish football. But I think this <laughs> might seen be Sid like this. right up there with the, uh, with the most animated it, I've seen. trying to see how many cult heroes he can fit into about 25 I mean, minutes. I mean, I so many of these guys do feel like cult heroes for me. Just not, great, not just great players, but cult heroes. Obviously, should we go on to the other really obvious one? Mitchu. Okay, Michu, cult hero. Michu, who, um, unlike Santi was and Mata... He, was he a cult hero for Oviedo? Is he a cult hero he for Oviedo? He wasn't Oviedo that long, okay. was he? Right, well, this is the thing, you see. So, so Michu, there's, there's a couple of very good reasons for making him a cult hero, and I'm speaking fast now because I'm trying to get this all in so we can deal with the cult hero. Right, we've got time, we've got time. So, so Michu, of course, <laughs> like Santi and <laughs> like Mata, went to the Premier League and became huge in the Premier League and scored 40 goals over two seasons in England. And, and big, big name then. And Oviedo fans were delighted by this. As you say, in a way you say, well, so it's not really Oviedo, but unlike Santi Amata, he did play for Oviedo. And he played, I think it's four seasons in total for Oviedo. Two years in Segunda Bay and two years in Tercera, hmm. in the third division. Starting, which is the fourth tier. Yeah, starting in is... 2003. Now, remember these facts because these will be relevant later. That team was at the point at which Oviedo were going to disappear and the fans rescued them from going out of business in 2003. And they go into the third division basically with the youth team. So they go down to the third division. They use the youth team, which had been playing in the third division the year before, to be their new team. And Mitchell is part of that team. And Mitchell is, is, is part of that team, and he's part of the team that wins promotion to the second division B. And there's a fantastic photo of all the players in a pile, and it's almost a pyramid on the pitch <laughs> celebrating. And right on the top, screaming his head off, is Michu. Hmm. Now, of course, Michu becomes big because he then goes on to big things. But he didn't know he would, would go on to big things. So when he gets the offer to go to Sport and Gijon, it's genuinely, hang on, this is a chance to play in a top division for a player who at this point thinks that chance will probably never happen. And he says no, hmm. because Sporting is Real Oviedo's rivals. He ends up going to Celta, and of course from Celta goes to Rayo Vallecano, right. where I was once on the hit on the head by, well, me and Sandoval were hit on the head by a picture of him. There was a picture of him on the wall in the manager's office at Raya Vallecano in a frame, screaming because he scored a goal. And Sandoval goes, see that picture? That's the embodiment of the team, that is. That is what this team is all about. He starts fudding the wall with his fists. And Sandoval has big sausages for fingers and big fists. Fuds the wall. The picture literally fell down and hit us kind of both on the shoulder between the two of us. If, if it had fallen down without that thumping, I was expecting this was like a sign. This was like divine intervention. You getting hit on the head by Michu's no. photo. Now, now Michu, Michu um, the day he gets called up for the Spanish national team, the only time he's played for Spain, he played in Mallorca in about, I think, the third... The third year after the after the second year in England, okay. and so it's a little bit comes a little yeah comes a little bit late. Anyway, he that day he phones up the Real Oviedo striker Diego Cervero to congratulate Diego Cervero for having just scored for Real Oviedo that day in uh, in Luanco, I think it was. I'm just going to check that in Luanco, right? And Diego Cervero basically says, 
what kind of dickhead are you? The day you get called up for the Spain team, you phone me to say well done for scoring a goal in the second division B. So basically, he is, apart from being quite successful, but he is a Real Oviedo cult hero because he is a proper fan. He's a proper fan. And he's now working at the club, of course, as sporting director. Well, he's not now. He's literally last week. Oh, really? No, no longer doing so. I didn't so. know that. Right. But so he, he gets the call up um, and it was all about, you know, it was all about um, this Oviedo player for, for Oviedo's fans I remember that day that weekend they started chanting Michu's name when the news came through during the game that he'd just been called up to Spain team so Oviedo playing in this poxy little ground with a thousand fans and they start chanting Michu's name Michu turned up at the Spain squad and I was there and I remember this and Michu turns up and there's a mate of his waiting for him and Juan Mata comes to kind of help him out and look after him and it's like, well, I'll tell you what, mate, if there is one excuse to not be at Real Oviedo's playoff games in the summer, not go and watch them, it's being in Brazil. So it must have been 2013 or 2014. Mm. And he said, I don't know, maybe I'll last for a couple of days off. <laughs> anyway, Mitchell, of course, then comes back to Oviedo in the second division, a big hero. By then, in truth, his ankle is gone. Mm. As you say, he becomes sporting director. But he's a proper Oviedo fan. And when the share issue happened in 2012 to try and rescue Oviedo from going out of business, he bought, quote, and this is what's been told to me in, inside the club, a fucking lot of shares. <laughs> uh, like, sorry, very it's, genuinely sorry. large yes. numbers of shares, yeah. Well, so that's Michu. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Speaking of Michu. Hello, it's Michu. And I want to tell you that the best player in Oviedo's history is the dog Diego Cerbero. So there you go, that's Michu introducing Doc. I... We maybe been a bit premature because you've still got some I know, of this. I know, I'm sorry about this. Um, obviously, I wanted to mention um, Toche very briefly just because he scored loads of goals. And there's an image, a lovely image of Toche when he scores the late equaliser against Sporting Gijon, takes off the Real Oviedo armband, the captain's armband, which says uh, Orgullo Valor de Gara on it. Um, what would you call that? Pride, um, fighting spirit and, and bravery. And he holds it open wide as if it was a scarf in front of the Oviedo fans. That's a nice, iconic yeah. image. So that's him. And the other one, of course, is Esteban. Now, I didn't know this, but Esteban, the Real Oviedo goalkeeper... <laughs> I feel like I didn't know it either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Yes. I didn't know this, but Real Oviedo... Well, I did know this. Real Oviedo, the Esteban... Esteban, the Real Oviedo... <laughs> I'm completely gone. I've never seen you this excited. <laughs> um, you might want to listen to this podcast on half speed, yeah, yeah. patrons, just to be able to... Keep up with seeds in his brain. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've completely gone. Esteban, Real Oviedo goalkeeper, I didn't know this, saved a shot in the last minute to give Real Oviedo a victory in the first ever game I saw Real Oviedo play. Ooh. But here's the twist. This was in October 1996, and it was actually Real Oviedo's B team. I went to see Real Oviedo B against Deportivo B, the first game I ever saw in Oviedo, and in the last minute he makes this incredible save for the B team. He makes it to the first team, Esteban, I know you're laughing already. He makes it to the first team, he's part of that, that team that actually goes down in, in, in 2001. Right. He, of course, goes on to Almeria, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, got called up to the Spanish national team four times but never played for them, was always the third choice goalkeeper, had a really good career. And then, and this is the big thing, Esteban left Almeria with a first division contract to go and play in the second division B for Real Oviedo. Mm. His phrase was, I have a friend who's in need. 
And he went to Oviedo and brought Oviedo up to the second division. That's pretty legendary. Earning five times less than he would have been on at uh, Almeria. 3,000 people at his uh, transition. Did you know he had one chance to go to England? Bolton wanted him, but he never went. Hmm. Top lad. There we go. Nice one, Esteban. Didn't Uh, know that. Now can we talk about Doc? Yeah, Yay. go on then. Let's talk about Doc. Right, let's talk about Doc. I mean, where do we start with Doc? Well, I'll just introduce to the people who don't know this. Uh, Diego Cervero, e- a.k.a. Doc, is Sid's favourite player of all time. And not only is he Sid's favourite player, he's also your son's favourite yeah. player as yeah. well. So your son goes to watch a lot of games. He's he's a young lad. He watches a lot of football. And he often confuses people when people ask him, you know, Spaniards, who do you like, Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? Who's your favourite player? And he goes, Diego Cervero. Yeah. To the bemusement b- of all Yes, yes, and to the delight of Doc himself. Yes, I mean, I should probably add at this stage, a lot of these cult heroes, not all of them, and, and, I, and I won't go through and tell you which one's yes and which one's no, a lot of these cult heroes have become even more cult hero for me. Because they, they saw on, your mates. Because now. on a personal <laughs> level, a lot of them have been absolutely wonderful, not so much with me, but as you say, with, with, with my little boy. Yeah. They, they, they have treated him fabulously well. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of them are lovely as well. Yeah. Genuinely lovely people. But you have sort of become, like, one, maybe your second team. First Real Oviedo, and then your second team is Diego Cervero FC. Yes. Because wherever he's playing, you've followed him. Yeah. So when, you've heard Sid, who had a season ticket out for Yeah. because Diego Cervero was playing. Yeah, always yes. going up to Burgos. You're going up to Burgos, you're going up to Mirandes. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, although I haven't been to see him play for Atletico Balearis, I did go and see him play in Madrid yes. for Atletico Balearis. He didn't actually play. Team. Well, he's not playing much. He now, did a great so. cult hero thing, which I pointed out to you two. After the game, so obviously at Segunda B level, some players, especially when it's that kind of team, come to the stands. Yes. And one of the players is talking to some fans. And Doc's walking behind us, behind him, because actually, in truth, because he's seen us, he's coming over to say hello to us in the stands. And he's walking behind the stands, and he hears this player say to the fans, no, no, I can't give you the shirt, because they, they won't let us. Doc walks behind him, pulls the shirt off his back, and hands it to the fans and says, of course you can, and gives them the shirt. <laughs> so... Tell us a bit then why. Right, well, so, what so much. Kind of, what, we haven't even said what kind of player he is. Yes, Diego Cervero, right, I'm going to use Diego Cervero's own words, right? Diego Cervero is a player who's got two problems. One is his left foot, the other is his right foot. Those are Doc's <laughs> own words. Clumsy, slow, but fought like anything. I mean, he is, you say slow. Like, but he's not actually clumsy or slow, and I'm going to defend him. I was going to say he is, I've watched, I've commentated games that he's played in the last, in the last few years, so in the latter stage of his yeah. career. He is very slow. Yeah, no, no. But I, and I'm he's got a turning circle of, uh, yeah. I don't know what. I'm going to defend but... him on this because, I mean, he, well, defend him. He's the one that said it. I've got a problem with two feet. But I think if he'd been fast, he would have played first division football because actually his touch is really good. His awareness is really good. He understands the game really well. His attitude is, is absolutely fantastic. He works incredibly hard. He's He can be dirty when he needs to be, truth be told. He puts himself about. He's, he's, he's got something about him. Um, he... He's only ever played Segunda B. Well, he's played Tathera. He played Tathera well, with yes. Michu. And right, so but the B. highest he's ever played is Segunda B. No, because he went to the... Oh, no, he left Oviedo before yes. they played in the second division. Yes. yes. Um, so he... He sorry. left Mirandes yes. as well. They got promoted to the second <laughs> left. So he's true. never played... It's well, always like his, his work is done. Yeah. He moves exactly. on. Well, uh, strangely to say, my work, his work is done because when he went uh, and played for Oviedo in the third division, he said a phrase, which is, I swear on my mother and father's life that I have to die before I leave Oviedo, not in the Segunda B. I will, we will get them in Segunda B. I am not leaving before that happens. And, of course, that happened. He helped them to promotion. Um, let's, let me read you a phrase, right, which kind of sums Doc up. This is from 
La Voz de Asturias, one of the Asturian newspapers. One of the finest Di- newspapers in the north of Spain. Certainly is true about, about this, right? Diego Cerbero is much more than a football player. He's the symbol of the resurrection of a team. He's one of those figures that are absolutely necessary if you want to tell the history of a sporting entity. When the worst things were happening, when it was well beyond football, uh, when when they were well out of football, professional football, he was the man able to represent upon the pitch the fight of the fans off it. And that's Doc in a way, because he he comes into the first team in 2003, as we've said with Michu, that time when Oviedo are about to go out of business, but it's the fans that rescued them. He comes from the youth system where he's been since the age of nine. He gets called up by Antonio Rivas, who's a former player running the club at the time, and he's in the car on his way to Yanis. And Antonio Rivas phones him up, and he's a youth team. He's, a, he's in the filial at this point. He says, um, we want you to play for El Oviedo next season. Go home, think about it, talk to your parents... And speak to me tomorrow. Diego Ferreira stops the car, turns around, drives to the Real Oviedo offices and signs the contract. Hasn't even told his parents. Goes home, says to his parents, I've just signed up for the first team. That's what I want to do. He then goes with uh, Manuel Lafuente, who's a president at the time, and stands in the middle of the stadium. And Lafuente says to him, imagine this, full, chanting your name, chanting Oviedo's name. We're going to bring this team back. We're gonna, we, we are the resurrection of this team. And Doc was the resurrection. Doc took, was, took a, a while. It did well. It took a while. They got up to the second division B. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was then, and this is the other thing in all of this. He scored not the decisive goal, but actually, I think the most important goal in the playoffs when Real Oviedo went up from the second division B to the second division hmm. in 2000, which it was at 14 hmm. against Cardiff a header. Now, watch it on YouTube because I can't do it justice. Watch the celebration, and the celebration is of a man who has totally and utterly lost his mind because this is. Everything to Diego Cerrero. Why do you call him Doc? Because he has a medical degree. He is finishing off his medical studies. He has a master's in in um, sports nutrition. He wants to be a doctor when this is all finishes. One of the reasons why he made some of the career choices he made because he's played at Marbella, he's played at Logroñés, he's he's been around was to do his medical studies and be able to play football at the same time. That's the reason he left Oviedo the first time. He's been left Oviedo three times and gone back each time until obviously the the final one. His debut, when he makes his debut, he doesn't score. He doesn't score for nine weeks. In week 10, he scores. That day, he gets four. This is, this is kind of the, the sort of the madness of Doc. And as I say, he's the, he's the symbol. He scored in the playoffs when they go up uh, to the second division B against Mallorca. He scores in the playoffs when they go up from the second division B to the second division in Cadiz. He plays in the second division and he's got an honesty which says, I'm not good enough for the second division. This is my level. Hmm. Only two players have ever scored more goals than him for Real Oviedo. Those are Langara and Ederita. 141 goals for Real Oviedo. Admittedly, nearly all in the second division. Uh, sorry, second division B and the third division. In that first season, when he starts getting going, he scores 26. The year after, he scores 35 goals. Hmm. And he reckons he's only ever missed one penalty. And he's taken about 80 in his career. Doesn't miss penalties, that's, Doc. That's a pretty wow. good ratio. That's yeah. an incredible uh, ratio. You, did, you asked him to send us a message expressing what Oviedo mean to him, Sid. And the, yeah. the response was quite extraordinary. Should we have a listen to it? Real Oviedo is for me. It's my life. Real Oviedo. And I'm gonna meet forever. Real Oviedo forever. Wow. So, he's a, so he's, a, he's a singer, he's a performer, <laughs> he's a footballer, he's a doctor. But at heart, he's an Oviedo fan. 
Well, that's fun. That's I mean, exactly but I'm, and he absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, when Oviedo played, you go and watch games with him. Well, a year ago, when Oviedo played in Malaga, yeah. um, I he sort of said, "Oh, where are you going at the weekend? Oh, I'm going to go see this, this game and this game. And I'm going to go to Malaga on the Monday night." So, oh, Monday night, and can you get to Malaga easy? So, what the Ave from Madrid is well fast. Said, all right, I might go, and I think, yeah, all right, whatever. And I'm on the Ave message. I'm in the uh, I'm in the cafeteria, <laughs> and he's in the cafeteria, and I suspect. Um, I hope I'm not uh, betraying a confidence here. He started on the beers. He's had a few beers. Well, you know, he... it was uh, it was great fun. So, so watching watching Oviedo in, in in Malaga. He's a complete legend, a total and utter legend. I think you've conveyed that, and we've sort of I've been I've understood a little bit more now why you love him so much. I have to say. He's, Did he's you notice brilliant. that when I said something mildly critical about his lack of pace, Sid's whole body <laughs> language changed. He's true. I, 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 crossed his I, arms. I, I, I tightened up. <laughs> yeah. didn't I? There was there was a there was a lovely interview with him. He says you've scored 141 goals. Which goals would, did you not score that you would have liked to and I really love this response he said I didn't score in the first division I didn't score in the second division and I didn't score in a derby against Sporting those are the three goals I'd have liked to score for El Oviedo oh well there's still time I suspect there isn't in <laughs> truth but he's still brilliant uh, there we go um, it's been a little bit self-indulgent but hopefully it's been quite fun uh, listening to Sid talk yeah, about yeah we've his, enjoyed it yeah he's Ray Oviedo uh, cult heroes hope you've enjoyed listening to this edition of TSFP Presents we'll be back with another series uh, very very soon see you then adios cheerio bye bye